Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, episode 7-6. We're your hosts, I'm Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. And every week we get together, we listen to some just great video game music from all genres, all systems, doesn't matter, all sorts, we get into it. Yes, we do. Sometimes we have to sometimes we have to jump across the time space continuum to get those hot jams. We will do that. Sometimes we have to get out of bed before six AM. We will do that too. Brunel, we gotta go back. We gotta go back to six AM. <laughs> I don't know if I wanna do that, man. It's late. We were um I was out to dinner um earlier um with Christy, um, and we were talking about the Sega Saturn. Saturn, huh? So we were talking about the Sega Saturn and she said, I don't know what that is. And I said, Well, well, um, Sega created this system that had a lot of great 3D capabilities. It was CD-based. And um, and then uh, Sony released the PlayStation and Final Fantasy VII, and then that was the end of that. And it didn't help also that, if I remember correctly, the I've, Saturn released... I mean, probably most people nowadays know the PlayStation 3 as the big overpriced release blunder, but yeah, the Saturn helpful. dropped... For like 400, 450. Ouch, man. At a time when consoles were releasing for two. Yeah. And then um, and I was like, oh, and the Dreamcast. And the Dreamcast was great. Um, it was based on their arcade hardware, the Naomi, Naomi board system. And it had a modem for online play and four controller ports. And then the PlayStation 2 came out and said, we can play DVDs. And then that was that. Pretty much. <laughs> that was pretty much it. And she asked me, she said, um, "What what's determining, like, when a system is through and I said well I think a lot of it has to do with hardware and with like first party content and just I I I don't know because I've never been on that train before whereas I sniff from that train and um you you're all into that glue yes I am sniff that glue all about it and suffice it to say uh it comes like what you said is definitely a factor um technology advancement because because companies are pretty much looking to the next big thing as soon as they release the current big thing. Yeah. And in addition to that, it could be expedited by poor sales. Nintendo would be a good example of that right now. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up, yeah, because the Nintendo Switch was just released, but they've also released that new Zelda game for their prior system at the same time. And they actually have a knack for it. They did it with yeah. Twilight Princess, too. And I still wonder about their, their state of mind for that, because on one hand... Zelda Breath of the Wild would be a killer app for the Switch. So the question becomes, why release it for the Wii U? And I think the answer is it, they want people to they want their older fans to feel like they weren't abandoned, but they release it in limited enough quantities that it may as well not have been released at all. <laughs> you mean they released the Switch in limited qualities or the game Zelda in limited qualities? The Zelda for Wii U. The, oh, okay. Because the Twilight cause Twilight Princess on the GameCube, not GameCube, sorry, on the um Wii had a similar problem. Mm. Was it the Wii game? Because we had Twilight Princess. I'm off of my... Anyway, the point is, I know for a fact that it came out and it was like a very small print. And it's going on right now like with Breath of the Wild. I know people that actually want it for the Wii and are actually struggling to find the blasted thing. Huh. But if you wanted it for the Switch, it's everywhere. It's got a ridiculously high attach rate, even still. Even though I know a number of people that thought, I said, you know, I'm not even going to bother the Switch for a time being. So... But I think that's why they do it, personally. I could be wrong. This is an opinion-based statement. But I believe that they just do the older consoles just to make their older fans don't not feel so alienated or left behind. Yeah, knowing that when a system comes out, the quantities are going to be limited and they want to continue what looks like support. I guess it's not unprecedented. But we're talking about music. 
and music knows no no boundaries. Except for no except, console. Except for you know noise dampening so <laughs> equipment. There's oh those. right 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 yeah. If like the one system canceled another one out. Oh yeah, that would be some dampening. That, that would be interesting in the console wars, right? Oh yeah, like someone's playing a PS4 in one room and an Xbox One in the other. Which sound? What sound quality will come out on top? I don't even want to know. <laughs> but we were talking about. Sega Saturn because today's topic is uh, puzzle games for the Sega Saturn, um, which I I thought would be great because maybe Purnell had more um, exposure to that because I don't have I didn't know any Saturn games other than Marvel Capcom. And wait, I'm sorry, uh, not Marvel Capcom. Yeah, Marvel Capcom. That was Marvel Capcom. No, uh, Marvel no, no. Capcom Marvel was Super on Heroes the Dreamcast. Or, yeah, but Marvel, Marvel Super yeah. Heroes, Children of the Atom. Children of the Atom. That's what I remember. But yeah, that's my only like exposure to the Saturn. Other than that, it's like. I don't know. And what Rob did not know due to that statement is that the Saturn, at least in America, was pretty low on the puzzle game format. Like, it's still a good topic because it gave me an excuse to play a really good track of mine from my game playing history. But finding the other tracks, (laughs) yeah, it wasn't, it was quite the difficult endeavor. But we came up with some scrimmage. We got it together, and we, we still got, got some tunes that we want to share with you. Yeah. I'm going to kick off with, um, I think, one of my strongest tracks that I found. It's really awesome. It's an arcade port. Um, the game is called Cleopatra Fortune, or in Japan, just called the Shining Queen. Like, Shining. Like, she's shining. Shining! <laughs> Again, this is for the uh, Sega Saturn. This is the music for arcade mode, or like what the game, the in-game music for arcade mode. Um, from what I could find, the music for the different stages they had different music composed for all the individual stages on the Saturn, but the arcade was just like one song. It's really good though. It's awesome. It's, um, it's Taito. So it's composed by the Taito in-house band Zuntada, which has a many people in it, in and out of that band. So I'll, I might list them off later, but I don't know exactly which, who is who with this, but we'll just say this was from the Taito in-house band Zuntada. This is from the game Cleopatra Fortune, Arcade mode. Arcade mode. Mode. <laughs> Story mode.
You're listening to the arcade mode or the in-game music arcade mode for Cleopatra's Fortune or just Cleopatra Fortune for the Sega Saturn um, composed by the Taito in-house group Suntata. This works for me just for the hash. There's so much about this I love. I love this piano section. I think it's super catchy. I love the opening section of like that synthesizer where it's like that feels like really like positive. Oh, I was doing some motions like the hand swaying and it has like a good like I feel like you can like really chant like along to this song. Oh. Hey! Yeah, you were uh, doing it over there. Hey! Like that, like that track from the Command and Conquer game a couple yeah, weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We're not that far. <laughs> hey! A little less communist. But um, yeah, so this this looks... A lot of the puzzle games I looked at on the Saturn were very much like Poyo Poyo, in which you're just dropping colored things, trying to match them up and clear off three in a row and combo them down. But just in different themes. So there's the theme of this one's like a super cute chibi Cleopatra. Hmm. Well, I can work with that. So yeah, it's cool. Chi- it wasn't sultry Cleopatra. It was chibi Cleopatra. Yeah, yeah. Like cute chibi, like 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 a little kid running around who's dressed up as Cleopatra. Interesting. And it played what kind of makes me sad because when you say it had Cleopatra in it, I would want it to be like a Dedalian Opus style <laughs> game, which I don't think there's such a thing outside of that one game. Did that have a like a soundtrack? Mm, it had a track, but I think it was the same song for every stage. Okay, yeah. yeah. There were some really interesting puzzle games that came out in the early early stages of, of the Game Boy. Like We, we played a, a Hisenkyo Alien a, wh- a while back. I forget which episode it was, but that song was amazing. And the game itself was really good, too. Yeah, but like just that game being released at that time was really cool because it was so Japanese. I feel like I'm starting to think we should have an episode solely devoted to Pac-Man clones. That would be amazing. That just hit me because there's so many games out there where the whole premise was eat the dots or the money bags or the fruit or the cherries. Pac-Man clone music. See, like, I don't know how much work went into the music for these things, like those kind of weird hacky Pac-Man games. No, I mean, they weren't even necessarily hacky. I mean, I'm just thinking about the theme. Like, Lock and Chase has awesome music, oh, okay, and okay. it's a great game, but it's clearly a one okay, okay. Pac-Man. So I'm, think, I'm thinking of, like, Pac-Man clones. I'm thinking of, like, a weird, like, hacky version for the PC that someone produced. But you're still oh. talking, like, no, 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 like, this is... It's a game that's a lot. It's so much like Pac-Man. It came out because it's like Pac-Man. Exactly. Pac-Man laid the temple out, and this guy said, what if instead of a a yellow puck running from ghosts, it was a yellow circle running from cops? (laughs) Called it a new game. (laughs) So, and it was like, yeah, but this this game has keys. Like, yeah, Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man had keys. Yeah, it did. Oh, man, dude. Again, Christy, that's like her. That's her game. She could just play that until, like, the score rolls over. Super Pac? Super Pac, yeah. Intriguing. Super Pac. Packs. The government puzzler. Super Pern. Uh, I would love that puzzler, too. Well, Super Pern, what, what's your first track? All right, well, I'm going to go on this thing head on because, quite frankly, I got to pick the track that made me want to do Saturn puzzles when you suggested it. And that goes from an old family favorite. An old favorite. Was this Baku. Your, was this your grandpappy's favorite? Grandma, my grandpappy <laughs> didn't understand anything. At this point, I think my grandfather was... Now, he had just recently passed, oh, but sorry. we were still leading into the period where he was like still kind of like wondering what the heck was up with us playing video games. Hey, buddy boy! 
Why are you playing electronic? The guy I am. Help me catch these, pick up these cans. That was how he was. <laughs> That's why I've collected cans for years, too. That's fun to have. Fun fact, folks. So are the Trash cans, I say soda cans, oh. fun in my game collection. That's awesome, by the way. But did we just jump in the future to hear what you would sound like? Like 20, 30 years from now? It's quite possible, honestly. I could, If I could sound like my grandfather when I'm old, I'd consider that an honor. Because so, he was an awesome dude. Oh, I like that. Hey, everybody! It makes me not want to make fake crack jokes anymore, because I was going to start cracking, like, time travel jokes, but... Oh, you can always crack time travel jokes. Okay, so, like, we drove... They were going into the future from the past. We were in, with the Cleopatra, and now we're going to go into the future to where animals can talk? Well, they can't talk, but they sure can eat, let me tell you. <laughs> um, so, Baku Baku, right? Baku Baku Animal, and the track in question is Stage 3 Arcade. Yeah, I said arcade because that was the better theme that I played on the game, so <laughs> go on with it. But it was on the Saturn, so it counts. Welcome back. You are jamming out to the Arcade Stage 3 theme from the game Baku Baku Animal, composed by... Oh, that's me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes! No, Tetsuya Kowachi. Alright, there's a... This game is pretty unknown to most people that I know, and I'm wagering that kind of carries over to the listener base as well. Uh, Baku Baku was a game that I bought... Because I was desperate for a game on my Saturn that had very few games on it. So I just bought it because it was a puzzle game. And I took it home. And then the 
I don't know how else to describe, I don't know what else to say, but this game created one of the biggest family game rivalries that I've ever had in my life. Most of my family did not play video games, wouldn't touch them. My uncle had even grown out of them and just stopped bothering. Baku Baku brought him back. My <laughs> uncle, my brother, two of his friends, two of my friends would come over to the house to throw the gauntlet down for Baku Baku Animal. And the entire wow. game, it was, it was madness. It was madness. I mean, the whole game, the premise was a kingdom far, far away had a princess who loved animals to the point where the kingdom, mom, the castle guards and staff could not take care of them. So the king proposed a challenge to hire a zookeeper, a royal zookeeper. And it's just a bunch of characters battling it out to become the kingdom zookeeper. And this is done by dropping blocks of different foods into a pin and then dropping blocks of animal on top of the food. Oh, and then, and then they eat up like the blocks of the food. Oh, that's, yep. a, that's a fun idea. I like that. It's awesome. And then the music and sound made it better because like, whenever they start eating, you have to go, <laughs> and you start, their heads get big and they start to eat. And the characters would always say these ridiculous statements. Like, it was gibberish. Like, I don't know what they said, but it got to the point where when I was getting really cocky about the matches, I'd actually start saying what they were saying. Like, <laughs> like it was like, he cool. And they're like, how many eggs? And they're like, when you got the ridiculous combo, like 99 combo, it would stop counting. And the gigs go, I'm a number two, 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 two. And like, I have no idea what it means, but you know when you heard it, I'm going to bring the hammer down. And you ain't going to like it. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I, to this day, miss it. Awesome. I love that. Like a family affair puzzle game. And it gets better. The, the, one of the friends of mine, Anthony, he turned into a new family tradition. He plays it with his wife and kids now. <laughs> the rivalry lives. I love it. Man, now I want to try this game. You, you need you, to. You still have it, right? I still have it. It's a great game. Oh, man, we got to try that. I, I have to try this. I love the cover art. It's got this panda with just all this bamboo stuffed in its face. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the it, the face is, like, it's elongated almost like a dog. It's adorable. It's so cute. It's such, it's such a golden game. And it's sad to sense because it never, like, Sega has done so many collections of games. This has never yeah. resurfaced anywhere. Like, co- Columns has been everywhere. There's even like there's even a uh, a collection of like a classic Sega collection on the Saturn that includes Columns. But Baku Baku has this been lost to time. Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing to me. So I also picked a track from Baku Baku, but in the spirit of trying to cover as many puzzle games as possible because there's only so many, I'm gonna skip it. What you so you're basically you're bailing on the Baku Baku. I'm bailing on the the the, the blaku blaku of baku baku. <laughs> well, maybe we'll play it on the uh, at the end um, when we're when we're finishing up. But I want to I want to switch to something different here. This is um, a game called Monster Slider oh. um, for the Sega Saturn, and I, the couldn't find any composer information for this track. But it's it's themed with like super cute, a little bit on the chibi side, like monsters, like Draculas and vampires and stuff like monsters like that. And they they do the electric slide for the yeah. Well, it's like one bonus of those points. It's it's very similar to um, Tetris Attack, where you're kind of sliding um, the blocks left and right, but the, each of the blocks are like little Frankenstein heads and stuff. Okay. So that, that much that's all I really know about it. But this, the soundtrack is really cool. So this is just called Strong Opponent. So I think it's like when you're probably playing against like a difficult computer player. So from the game Monster Slider.
You're listening to music from the game Monster Slider for the Sega Saturn. Uh, the composer is unknown on this one, but the track is called Strong Opponent, and it's for it's the background music for stages four and five. I'm actually enjoying this game, and it makes me want to play a little bit of it. Though, I also have to wonder now, because I think you mentioned earlier, like it's like monster, like monster head sliding back and forth. Is it like... Uh, sort of like a like a sort of a Tetris attack sort of block sliding game. And that's what it looked like, but like almost like a, a like the blocks looked kind of like I don't know, kind of slanted to the side a little bit. Hmm. But the music is it fits the theme like really really well. Like it's fun and it's super funky with that bass line. Um, but it does sound like like it does sound like a scary movie almost. Yeah, just a dash of spooky. It's like an adventurous type of scary movie. It's super cool. Really cool track. Really, really neat soundtrack. Um, the synths and everything sound really crunchy, kind of old school. Um, it was developed in 97 by a company called Vizco. Have you heard of them? No. Yeah, I don't know. If this if this were Taito, I mean, this sounds like it could have been like Zuntado. Like, it's super funky. It's got that keyboard solo. I got this odd feeling someone's going to come back after this episode airs and just, like, bite us both in the butt. Like, for example, the last episode we did... Uh, we picked a game, and the developer was Irem, and we couldn't remember anybody from Irem. A buddy of mine comes out and was like, how do you not remember R-Type? Oh, Irem right. I R-Type. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. I wasn't thinking about that. I remember, I never really got into R-Type, but yay. <laughs> uh, yay, R-Type? <laughs> I'm not calling you out. It's cool. Don't worry about it. I missed, we missed the boat on that row. Yeah. Oh, another thing to note on this track are the drum fills. It sounds like it sounds like it was like composed like for a live band. You know what I mean? Like like it's like Do you foresee a singer going up on stage to sing along to the beat? Maybe. If it wasn't such a weird tune. <laughs> no, no, I could see a Cindy Lauper singing along like, to this. Like um uh, let me think of something good here. Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it, don't don't even attempt you know it. My no. That's not good. Not- <laughs> Put it back. It's not done. All right, it's back. Put it back in. It's not done. <laughs> it was a noble effort, though, sir. You know, you can't you can't just censor greatness I over here. You got a on point. this side of the studio. <laughs> I work. I'm trying not to, but oh, sometimes on here. Actually, I don't. I open a window. It is a bit stiffy. <laughs> What? Stuffy. Well, it's hot. What's your track? <laughs> okay, let's see. Because that's fine. Don't worry about it. Let me think. Uh, I have three tracks here. I'm going to go with this one then because it's clearly a uh, need-to-play tune. So this is, this is like a must-have. Yeah, I would think so. For a puzzle episode on the Saturn particularly, or a, heck, even if it was the PlayStation first, I would have picked it. Oh, uh, all right. Puzzle Bobble is, or correction, Bust a Move in the States, um, is a pretty much well-beloved puzzle game series, even though it's been dead for ages. Though there have been recent, I guess, reiteration pop-ups, like Adventure Pop, on the PlayStation 4 recently, but it's basically a Puzzle Bobble. Puzzle Bobble, yeah. Oh, I was obsessed with these games. Like, I played so much. I had it for the, the Neo Geo Pocket, too. Ah. Yeah, I, that was like the first thing I got for it. I, I, actually, that's what sold me on the Neo Geo Pocket. Was Puzzle Bobble? Well, that, well, that and all the fighters. Well, if you had any opportunity to play multiplayer on this particular game, you know this track inside and out. <laughs> this particular track is Stage Theme 3 from the game Puzzle Bobble 2.
welcome back. You are listening to the Puzzle Bobble 2 Stage 3 theme. Though, I'm not really... This is not actually where I personally heard the track or thought of it, but that is technically how it's credited. Stage Theme 3, Playfield Theme 3, World 3. It's a lot of themes. Um, honestly, I've been trying to figure out who the composer is for this, and I have no idea. I found it. I found it. Oh! Uh, Kazuko Umino. Nice going. See, because I was drawn up quite the blank. Oh, Kazuko Umino, member of Zuntada. Oh, so he is in Zuntada. Yes, he is. Okay, so we were, we were thinking Zuntada, but it wasn't credited to the band as a whole. Well, yeah, it's nice to have, like, I mean, as far as, like, an in-house band, it's one thing, but, like, you know that certain people specifically compose for games, for specific games, and so it's nice to have a name fit a name to a game you know <laughs> game this is this is like fun it's got kind of like a cartoony thing where it's like yeah, and yeah. i think i know this what this typically plays this plays on the uh, the versus theme stage so if you played a lot of versus mode this uh, is the track you'll hear constantly so for hours like, on yeah, end and these games are great great head-to-head games yes they are i have legitimate rivalries out there i have a friend named leslie we were up we would go to like anime centrals year in a year and I remember one particular year, we met in the game room at like 4 or 5 in the morning. I don't know why we were both up, but we started playing Puzzle Bobble, and it went for hours. And it was it was vicious. It was vicious. I think she, I think she cut me once or twice, um, and I yelled <laughs> profanities in her direction. Yeah, I've always asked about those scars, but you haven't ever wanted to talk about it until now. Well, now you know. Leslie yeah. gave them to me. Okay. But then we had breakfast, and it was fun. So, but... um. Yeah, just it's just a lot of fun. The game is also awesome. And then you played more Puzzle Bobble. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> to this day, we'll still still trash talk. Be like, remember that game? Oh, I great. kicked the I crap out of you, and I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I mean, no, you didn't. <laughs> this is it was bad. Like this, and also you got a factor. And this was back during my early early period where I was like, girls don't play video games. And yeah. the fact that she showed up and was like. Smackdown! Let's just lay it down for us. This is ridiculous. Nice. This is preposterous. How did you learn how to play this game? And she's like, "What are you talking about? I just this is my first time playing it today." She was clearly lying, but oh, that's course, the joke. Course, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the joke. I never played till today. I, now, I got into the series. Um, I think I was like nineteen or twenty, and it was Bubble Bobble Four for the PS for the PS One. Mm-hmm. And there was like there's like so many unlockables in that game. It was ridiculous. Like all these different characters. Everything else was the same. The stages were the same, and the mechanics were the same. But there were so many of them. And then uh, that year, I went to visit some family in London, and they had bubble bubble like cabinets, like at bars. Like you go sit down at a bar, and there'd be like cabinets on the bars to play puzzle bubble. Yeah, yeah, puzzle bubble. That's awesome. I'm like, this is the best bar game ever. It really would be. I mean, I'm just, I actually have trouble picturing it though because it requires a very steady hand. It does, and all these drunk people trying to play it together. Now, my, my Street Fighter experience has shown me that it helps a little bit because too much caffeine makes it way too twitchy. I could see that being the case. Yeah. Caffeine would kill you in Puzzle Bubble. Yeah, but I believe it. But this is a lot of fun. It's very, very cartoony. I like the, um, the little slow section here, too. Hmm. I can see that. It's kind of like a lot of strings, and then it gets really... Uh, it really prolongs the sweating as you're getting your butt ripped out. <laughs> it's very fast for, for versus mode. Like there's, it's, it's a very quick loop. Yeah, I guess maybe the, the I'm trying to think of how fast matches would typically go. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they weren't like super long. No, they went fairly fast. I <laughs> think someone got a really good chain. Not for playing you, from what I've heard. <laughs> Smash Adams, break it down. 
I make it. I make it. I make it quick and painful. No, no, I know better than to, to challenge you to, to puzzle games. I remember that. Oh, I know. <laughs> remember that. All right. So uh, my final track is from an odd one, and I think it's a series of games of dating sims that had a manga made format and then an anime made from it and then a puzzle game made based on the anime that's based on some dating sims <laughs> this is Tokimeki Memorial Ooh. and it's a puzzle game called Tokime- Tokimeki Memorial Tyson Puzzle Dama so Tyson Puzzle Dama is apparently a series of puzzle games and this is for the sake of Saturn and this track is called Carrying My Friends Onward by Yuji Takanoichi Yoshihiko Kazuhiko and Katsuhiro Senu. Sounds like a lot of work. It's a lot of work for a lot of game. Because <laughs> yeah, like, it's like it's a puzzle game, but it's all it's also I mean, I couldn't get a lot of, of, of gameplay, but it looked like it was still a dating sim somehow. Like the tracks and like there's a lot of cutscenes. So it's like, do you love me? I don't know. I'll see you in class next week. Let's fight. <laughs> You're like puzzle fighter or something. With, with dropping blocks. I, I have no idea. But check this out. This is called Carrying My Friends Onward from the game Tokimeki Memorial Tyson Puzzle Dama. Listening to carrying my now, I thought it was my friends onward, but maybe it was feelings onward, but it's mispronounced feelings. Somehow that sounds like a lot less work, actually. So, so I think it's feelings. So it's carrying my feelings onward from the game Tokimeki Memorial Tyson Puzzle Dama for the Sega Saturn, composed by Yuji Takanoichi, 
Yoshihiko Koizuka, and Katsuhiro Sanuo. This is a fun song. I almost, I, I, I forgot that I wanted to start with this song as it just feels like a great start to the day. It really does. Like, this could have been a, this is one of those tracks that you could see, I think we had an episode, like, multiple episodes back where it had a similar thing was this is the contract you could hear waking up in the morning like time to start my day yeah. this is a montage like a montage like you got your cereal you get, you get your cereal bowl you get your pants your pants on you're out the house with your anime signature piece of toast in your mouth yeah you're like you're carrying your bag and it's like behind you you're like yeah yep wave to the wave to the family members down to different people on your block as you go by Hi. Do, you, do, you, do you jump on the bus or a train Oh, actually, none of the above. You actually grab the back of the bus because you miss it. But oh, it's okay because you catch it and you're sitting on the bumper. I love it. I love it. You're hanging off the side. Mm-hmm. And you're waving at everybody. Like, hey, I'm still got it. still got it, everybody. And everyone's and like, that's Purnell for you. And you I like that you, scampy kid. You go by like the shop and there's like an old lady. And she's like, oh, there he is. Oh, that's good, <laughs> good to see you. Such a good young man. Finish your toast. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never finish it. This is an endless toast. Yeah, this song is called Endless Toast from the game Tokimeki now. <laughs> I wish. But yeah, this definitely is a track. Yeah, it's a feel-good track. It put a smile on my face and it has me over tapping. So this was an excellent choice on your part. You know, for you know, puzzle games, in my mind, are they live right alongside um, street, uh, like, like fighting games. So Because like a lot of them really focus on these head-to-head competitive modes. And the... The, the work that you go into just destroying your friends like it gets competitive like it gets really hard but the music is always so fluffy yes it is like fluffy in a good way like this is fluffy I love this yeah, I'm honestly I would like to I would like to challenge someone head to head to this tune <laughs> you smile as you administer a beat down it's perfect like um even a puzzle fighter had some like it was like puzzle fighter was like here's the street fighter music but with like in this this kind of style well, let's, let's be honest. A puzzle Fighter was like a weird juxtaposition. Day. We had happy music in a lot of cases, but the center screen is people beating the tar of each other, literally, yeah, yeah. as you do combos. So it was like, well, I don't know how good I can feel about this. No, I haven't played that game in ages. I had it for the 360, and then I just I kind of stopped. Yeah, I, I have stories about that game as to what got me out of it, but one yeah. day I hope to return, pay the visit. Yeah, and so. I understand... People understand that the randomness isn't exactly random, and no. you play the game, and then you get played. Oh, I got played, all right. Yeah. Uh, How much did you lose? It was brutal. <laughs> Blood everywhere. Oh, God. You were a sacrifice to the puzzle fighter gods. Lives were lost that day. Kingdoms <laughs> fell. So someone was just like lining them up, like, "All right, who wants to play puzzle fighter?" Wasn't even just a tournament, and the Trying guy to bring got back a, the ancient ones. Got a cheapo ninety nine combo. He had no business doing that. He uh, ain't know how to play the game. Lame. It's very lame. Very Cheated. Lame. Well, so that's thing about good things, though. Good vibes. Endless toast. Uh, I do love endless toast. Now I want some. <laughs> I would love this toast in a big cup of butter. Ew, God, we tried to kill me. <laughs> Just drinking butter for breakfast. Now, this whole episode's about killing you for now. Well, good luck trying because we picked games that I would smash you with. Down yeah, the I board. know, I know, I know. I can't beat you in Puyo Puyo. I can't beat you in Tetris. I can't beat you in that one game that you like a lot that's on the on Neo Geo. That's right. We haven't, you haven't even played Baku Baku and you can't beat me in that. It's probably not. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. That's all right. Well, uh, magical drop 
was picked before in a previous episode. But was, was there a magical drop on the Saturn? Mm-hmm. That was where I first played it. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was Neo Neo Geo. It was. It was arcade Neo Geo. And then it got a home port to the Saturn and the PlayStation uh, One. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And I'm being that board. that's the case, I'll take the excuse to play another Magical Drop 3 track because it has so many. But I tried to find a track that was the Saturn theme or Saturn sound instead of like, you know, just some willy-nilly. Saturn-centric. Yes. And I did come across one in particular that I'm not even sure existed in the arcades because I never, I don't think I ever looked for that mode, but I don't recall seeing it either. And it is the track title is Hurry Up! <laughs> and it is pretty much like the endless mode of Magical Drop 3. That's the theme for it. Where it's like constantly, like you're on the edge. Yeah, bu- bubbles uh, Bubbles are constantly dropping until you die. <laughs> so Bubbles drop until you die. So hurry up! It's time to listen to Hurry Up from the game Magical Drop 3. I'm getting From it. the Sega Saturn. Welcome back. You're listening to the Hurry Up Tune from the game Magical Drop 3, written and composed by a lot of people. Well, uh, just a few. A handful. Um, classic Data East composers, Hiroaki Yoshida, Masaki Iwasaki, Shogo Sakai, and Tatsuya Kiuchi. This track is definitely living up to the name in the title. That is Hurry Up. It is a very frantic, man. It's super frantic. Frantic, fast-paced, the works. And it needs to be because it gets a little bit hairy on the endless mode. Um, people wonder why I'm really good at Magical Drop 3. Well, this mode is pretty much living proof of that. Um, so this is like where you get your practice in? More like it was just something to do when I had nobody to play against for a while. <laughs> and this is the only puzzle game that I can remember or think of where I can get to the max level and not break a sweat with maintaining it. I've played this game for hours thinking that Hey, if I just keep going, it'll end, right? Okay, if I make the score go all nines, it'll end, right? No, it doesn't. I have actually maxed out the score on Endless Mode for Magical Drop 3. That's insane. It it took hours of listening to the same track over and over again. You know what this means? That the highest level of difficulty this game gets is that once you, if you're holding on to bubbles and not making a move, it'll just start pushing bubbles until the game's cleared until it smashes you. So... You can pretty much fill the screen, clear the entire screen, fill the entire screen, clear the entire screen, over and over and over again. Flawless clears. And I was nailing them. That's impressive. That's because I find this game weirdly challenging. It's, I don't know what it is about Magical Drop, but uh, 
this was like a, I, it had it and I have a natural connection. First time I saw people playing, I was like, hey, what's this game like? Oh, can I try? Undefeated. Now, the, moving at that speed, would you say you're faster with a gamepad or a joystick? Gamepad, hands down. Gamepad, really? God, yes. Have you ever seen a, a, a expert level magical drop game on a on an arcade stick? It is madness. Like, I can't do this. I smack it. Right. I mean, that makes sense. Because that's how you can move quickly with the wrist. Yeah. Now Maybe. imagine doing that for hours. So your thumb was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yes, one thing to go. There's nothing to go. It really hurts. People listening can't see my hand, but it literally is like you hold your hand up like in a chopping motion, and you just smack the joystick back and forth, like over and over again. We need to watch some Tetris the Grandmaster play because those guys have some really interesting joystick technique, and it's amazing. Might turn you. Might turn you. I might have to give it a shot. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty a joystickual, um, but I give I would give it a try if need be to see if these guys can show me a trick or two. <laughs> that is the best Purnell word I've ever heard. A joystickual. I try. I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But it's true. It's like it's when you get to these games to an extent. There's like a certain point. Music games have a knack for that too, where. You come in and you're like, okay, this game looks fun, and you start to play, and you're you're to a point where you kind of peak, and you're like, I got to do something to transcend my current level of gameplay. Yeah, yeah. You start you start figure, trying to figure out like what, how am I playing that I can change to improve, and that's when you start smacking the joystick or getting a battery to rub across the buttons, or all sorts of oh, weird the spoon. tricks. You get a spoon on the A B buttons, and you just rub them back and forth to do track and field. I don't even see the spoon. Yeah, the spoon technique works out. See, so now we got. Now we have to it's, do a tr- it's the same theory with the battery. It's got to be like a smooth, curved surface. But then the question is, which one works faster, the butt, the battery, or the spoon? I don't know. That's a challenge. That, that'll be like our uh, <laughs> the grudge match. The grudge match. I'll have to record that sometime. It's really weird. Battery versus spoon. Battery versus spoon. <laughs> See, you've played battery spoony before. <laughs> all right, now, now this one I'm going to bring all the way down. I bring the sound all the way down. Because now we are going to have a good old bonus round. Bonus, 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 bonus round. Bonus! <laughs> That's a good one. The bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes based on today's theme. So I found some fantastic remixes from the game Bomberman. So a lot of the the... Well, Bomberman, there was a Saturn version of Bomberman. It was just called like Saturn Bomberman. Saturn Bomberman. It's called Saturn Bomberman. So that's easy to remember. All right. So it was Saturn Bomberman. Yeah. You'll, you'll get it. Just get keep, it. keep at it, little boy. You'll, no, you'll get it. <laughs> I don't know if that was it. But anyway, I, I felt like, okay, Bomberman, I can work this in. Um, Bomberman, most of the Bomberman games are composed by June Chikuma. And she's very active on SoundCloud. Um, she does. She plays a flute in these different other kinds of like variations of this flute instrument. And she's really into Indian folk music. And she has a lot of really cool music on her SoundCloud page. I will have some links to that. But she also had like 20 Bomberman remixes, which is yeah. awesome. So this is um, just Bomberman number 15. I guess at the 15th in her, in her series of these things. It's called the Breakbeat Bossa Nova Remix. Ooh, I like the sound of this. So I hope you enjoy it uh, by composer Jun Shikuma and remixed by Jun Shikuma. So enjoy. Yes. <laughs> 
This is Saturn Bomberman, number 15, Breakbeat Bossa Nova Remix, composed and arranged by Jun Chikuma, with keyboards by Jun Chikuma, guitar by Karao Akimoto, and bass by Hirohiko Atsubo. That's an amazing, amazing song. It's just so good. Just feel good, chilled out vibes. So, and that lead, that's got that slidey lead and the slidey bass. It's so much fun. It was very loungy. And I could, that's the kind of music I honestly feel like I might have to grab that and play it on my way home tonight or in my living room. Because <laughs> I feel lately I've been contemplating throwing together a mix of lounge tracks to play off of my speakers at home just when I'm like kind of doping around at home and I want noise playing without lyrics and stuff like that. I thought it'd be fun, like, like a good like lounge mix of like game tracks and like kind of game mixes. They didn't necessarily be gamey, though I'm not going to say no to those. <laughs> um, just loungy in general. Like, for example, like I'm not sure if you remember the band Fantastic Plastic Machine from years ago. That sounds super familiar. That's but an no. awesome band. They typically do lounge tracks. Okay. And this, I feel like this could have fit into some of the stuff they've done. Um, but I... God, this was solid. I feel like I don't even want to give a bonus round track. <laughs> uh, you you got to come through. Um, yeah, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, if you have the idea of like, like a lot of um, like loungy type stuff, that could be a future bonus beats episode. Hey. It'd be kind of fun to do. The, the next one is planned is super high energy, crazy. Ooh. Yeah, I'm really excited for the next one, which is coming soon. To a podcast near to, you. To a pair of headphones while you're working or doing laundry near you <laughs> or most likely driving to work or something like that. Whistle while you work to it. It's okay. Get down. All right. So um, what did you bring? Well, I definitely struggle with the art of choosing a remix track for this episode. Alas, I'm just not good. because <laughs> there's not a lot of puzzle games with the Saturn. Yeah, that's all right. So I cheated a little bit. And I went with a remix from Puzzle Bobble 1, but I think the song appears in Puzzle Bobble 2, so I'm going to call Mulligan and let it rock. Um, So it it is called Silver Dragon's Bubbles, remixed from the game Puzzle Bobble, and is remixed by the artist Cuckoo. That's C-O-U-C-O-U. Not couscous, cuckoo. (laughs) Thank you. 
<laughs> that was good stuff. Unexpectedly grand. Oh, good stuff. So, heck, even if this track didn't appear in Puzzle Bible 2 and I'm somehow mistaken, I don't care because this is good. Yeah, that was really fun. It had a cool, like, 80s synth wave kind of thing about it, but, like, not. It was still modern sounding. It was subtle. I was like the blah, blah. <laughs> you like the little wah wah wah. I love the synth sounds on that. They were really, really neat. It was definitely a good jam. And I'm all, I'm actually glad to come across it because I was really losing hope. I was like, I can't find <laughs> anything I want to listen to. And to put it in perspective, if I did not like this track, I would have likely more so said, I have no remix this episode or gone with something from a completely unrelated topic. Mm. But this was good. I would have been fine with that. We've we've done that way, way, way in the past. But I really like that we try to keep we keep at it. Got to. That's how we keep the theme rolling. It also gives us a challenge of looking for specific things out there. You always like the challenge. I do. Always play those games on hard, to quote a friend. <laughs> well, I challenge our audience, the listeners, you over there listening to the show. <laughs> I think he's talking to you. If you want more information about the artists on the bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to their SoundClouds, Bandcamps, and everywhere else you can get their music. Thank you for joining us on episode 7-6 of Rhythm and Pixels, our focus on Sega Saturn music. Man, this was fun. It really was. <laughs> oh my god, well, I not can't just not just Sega Saturn music, but Sega Saturn puzzle games. It was this was brutal. I feel like now it kind of has me wondering what would be a genre for the Sega Saturn that would be almost a no-brainer easy thing to pull off, like well, fighters maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of fighters. Like what what were what were some of your favorite titles on the Saturn? We'll start with Garden like Heroes. Um, um, Blazing Heroes, also known as I think it was like Heroes of Mystaria. I can't remember what the original name was called anymore. It's an RPG. Yep. Okay, Strategy so, RPG. So we have a, a beat 'em up in an RPG. Shining Force Three. RPG. Shining the Holy Ark. So yeah, so I think RPGs would be the way to probably the way to go. But there's others that aren't RPGs on there too. On pause, like yeah, there's Earth's a lot, Adventures. Yeah, there's a lot of shooters and action games. Blazing Heroes. The other, um, Burning Rangers. I was like Burning Rangers. Blazing here. Blazing Saddles for the Sega Saturn. Burning Rangers, Nights into Dreams. That was another goodie. Yes. Oh, we played the um the, the Christmas version. Yeah. Saturn had a number of good games. It's just, it was a struggle to find them a lot of the time. Magic Knight Rare Earth, which you've also done on the show. So would you say the Saturn has maybe a smaller catalog then? Oh, yeah. yeah. Very much so. It it came out to an overhyped price, a way inflated price. And I think it was always kind of struggling to make sales. And then when the PlayStation came out at a lower cost, and it kind of just came out, hit the ground running. And then from that point, Sega was constantly playing catch-up at that point. And it's sad because the system was powerful, to my, to my recollection. To this, I think to this day, it was really hard for like modders and like you know emulators to kind of replicate because of how complicated the hardware was. I think so, yeah. And, and compared to the PlayStation, I think it had more uh, RAM, so it could do more like 2D, 2D games. And then it had the RAM cart when yeah, it had yeah. to go overdrive. The RAM expansion for like a lot of the fighters, like the Marvel superheroes and stuff like that. So it's like, it's, cool. 
it's just a system that had I think it had more potential than it was given a chance to shine because it, again it kind of overpriced itself kind of like I like all the Sega hardware <laughs> yep but but the problem was Sega that uh, you know a lot of people talk about the Dreamcast failing and it just, there were just so many elements to why that thing failed but one of them and one that a lot of people don't talk too much about is the Saturn is partly why the Dreamcast failed because people that were big fans of Sega even though they made a number of missteps, still bought into the Saturn. And Sega, in their infinite wisdom, decided to just throw the tile down to say, we need to run from the Saturn. We're not going to do it anymore. We're going to be the first team out the gate running. We're going to make this new system, this Dreamcast, and it's going to be better. But by this time, PlayStation was already talking about the PlayStation 2. It was like two to three years down the way, but they were already like, this is what we're doing when it comes out, but we're not running towards it. We're just preparing for it. So you're saying the Dreamcast was a little too quick out the gate. I think so, because they still had to keep their... They needed to win their fans back. There were games in Japan for the Saturn that just didn't even have a... They wouldn't even bring to the States that people wanted. Yeah. So it was like they really just cut it like just like that. We're done with the Saturn. Even though they had more they could have done, they could have done more to say, hey, while we're leading up to this Dreamcast, we're not going to just abandon the saw the hardware. We'll keep putting games out as best we can. Do something to show we care. And they just didn't. And again, when the system came out, diehard Sega fans, a lot of them were like, well, no, nah, we already we're, we're moved on. Others still bought the Dreamcast. And they're the ones that were kind of holding on, holding out hope that it did make it. Yeah, like me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had a Dreamcast day one, and I did get a PS2, but I was the guy saying, well, don't hold on for the PS2. Buy this now. It's good. It's good. And right, people right. Well, I mean, I think piracy had a lot to do with it, too. Oh, yeah, definitely for software sales. It yeah. Killed their software killed sales. Um, so... I want to wrap this up. If you have any suggestions for new topics, and we did receive a, 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 a weird suggestion through Twitter. The best kind. Um, we're doing it. Uh, John, thank you for your for your submission, for your topic submission. We will honor it. <laughs> Good luck. Maybe That's not right, part of the fun. Maybe not right away, but um, you know, we do this every week, so you'll, you'll be hearing it soon, and it will be interesting. I'm going to start digging for that pretty soon, actually. Maybe even at work tomorrow. <laughs> drop a list of games down, remember what the games were about, and see if I can come across some tunes that fit the mold. But this is a hilarious topic. But if you have other topics, if you um, if you have anything for us, if you just want to say hi, we, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear where you're coming from. Um, send us an email. Rhythm and pixels at hotmail.com. <laughs> If you want for more information about the show and a full track listing, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Yeah! Um, and if you want to check us out on on Twitter, I'm pretty active on Twitter. It's rhythm underscore n underscore pixels. That's our Twitter handle. And then over there on Facebook and Instagram, it's rhythm and pixels, all one word. Check us out on YouTube. Um, pretty soon I think I'll have some, I have some, some ideas planned for future bonus beats episodes. So I have a full bonus beats episode coming up in the next couple weeks, um, which is like kind of a mixtape of chip tunes and remixes and stuff that I just really like. Like kind of done like in a full DJ style. Um, probably done as an additional episode to our normal schedule. And um, I'm thinking of doing some live streaming, like some like live streaming of of the DJ sets. I think that'd be a lot of fun to do. Rob is getting into this music like a fine can of paste. Well, I, it's I'd like to stream games, but I don't have I can't figure it out and make the time to do it. But I'm always playing tracks, so like why not? 
It'd be well, kind of cool. Well, if I stop being a ragamuffin, that would be where I come in because I can do the games in the sense that I I don't play as much as I used to, but I have an absurd amount to play. Yeah, you got a lot there and a lot of classics too, which is great. Um, but yeah, uh, so maybe not another future topic on Sega Saturn, just Sega Saturn, but we're gonna definitely going to hear more Sega Saturn music in the future because the tracks tonight I've really loved. Well, i got to have an excuse to put Guardian Heroes on this show at least once because that game has music on top of good music. Have we? I don't think we've played Guardian Heroes yet. We haven't. Show. Wow, we have done 66 episodes well, the thing, that's the thing Guardian that's, Heroes. That's well, crime. Well, that's the thing about our format. Yeah. Like, there's top... We choose themes, and the themes... We choose six, typically six to nine... Sorry, six to eight tracks per episode. And... Ultimately, based on that format alone, we're going to miss a lot of stuff, which is why like revisiting old topics will be good. But of course, don't want to just already right, just start doing part two, part two, part twos. But that's what we're going to ultimately have to do because we did beat em ups. We haven't done Saturn beat em ups, but then what we're going to have like Dynamite Decca yeah. and then uh, Guardian Heroes, and that might be it. Yeah, we don't um, exactly limit ourselves to specific like generations or hardware, so. It's just kind of all over the place. Yeah, so ultimately it's going to be sequels that bring it back or crazy concepts like medieval medieval barbecues. I don't know. Yeah, something, something really odd that we'll ha- I'll have a hard time. <laughs> I said we. I'm saying we. I mean me. <laughs> um, but jo- join us next week for 7-7. We're having a super lucky episode. Lucky number seven. Mm-hmm. Seven, seven, so seven. We got, we got some fun stuff planned for that. Um, so next Monday, check us out. But until then... Um, you've been listening to the Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. I'm Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And genuinely, thank you for listening to the show. We greatly appreciate everything you do and what you contribute to our show by even just enjoying it because that's what we hope for you to do. Have a great week. And remember, you thought I didn't have one. <laughs> and remember, puzzling ordeals and puzzling situations are order of the day and in a lot of respects people tend to find themselves saying you know i don't want to deal with a lot of complications or weird you know things i have to contemplate and break down to solve i don't want to deal with it i just want to you know vegetate half the time but the problem is you don't want to make that your overall all the time thing challenge yourself as often as you possibly can mentally because quite frankly the older you get the more your brain needs that brain food the ability to know that it's two can still work, talk its way, think its way out of a paper bag or a silver bag or a gold bag, whatever material you can come up with. But it's worth your time to constantly keep your brain functioning and exercise. Heck, play video games. That'll do it too. <laughs>